Hey folks, thanks for joining me for this episode from the Embellish Pod, an opportunity for me to ramble about whiskey or something for a few moments. If you got here by chance, please take a moment to hit the subscribe button. Hopefully I can be found on any podcasting platform that exists. And if you can't find me on a platform, send me an email at embellishpod at gmail.com and I'll get that taken care of. You can also find video versions of this podcast on YouTube. You can find all of my links on Instagram at embellishpod or TikTok with the same handle. I have a website. It is www.embellishpod.com. It's a place to pick up these links, episode details, and more. Uh, today, we're going to have a very interesting conversation uh, with a scotch company, uh, which is relatively new for me as a whiskey consumer, uh, but I think you're going to enjoy what they have to say. All right, it should have told you that we have started recording. Mm-hmm. Um, welcome, everyone. So this morning, afternoon, whatever time that you happen to be watching this or listening to this, I have uh, Ian and Elliot joining me um, from Smokehead. Uh, I'll give Ian a, a second to introduce himself and kind of tell us about Smokehead. And then, Elliot, I'll let you go and we'll talk about your glassware. Cool. Yeah, sure. Thanks, John. Um, yeah, well, I'm brand director for uh, Smokehead Whiskey. It's uh, Smokehead's an Isla single malt. And um, first and foremost, Smokehead's an award-winning Isla single malt. So, um, so be in no doubt, it's great, great whiskey. Um, it's smoky, it's peaty, it's phenolic, it's everything that you would expect from an, uh, an Isla whiskey. Um, but it's very much uh, thereafter um, orientated around the consumer, around what, who we call the Smokehead, uh, hence the name of the brand, uh, because we see a Smokehead as somebody who really love smoky PT uh, Isla whiskey. Um, but we see those people really as very much uh, attitude driven. You know, they're original thinkers, people that think differently, do what they love. Um, don't worry about what others think. Um, and our brand very much reflects uh, our audience and reflects that attitude. So we're all about intelligent rebellion. Uh, we're all about brilliantly rebellious. Uh, we're all about uh, turning tradition on its head and doing things a bit differently and hopefully opening up uh, whiskey to uh, to a much wider and in many instances, uh, younger audience. So you're brilliantly rebellious. And as a part of what you guys have been doing here recently, um, that's where Elliot comes into play, right? I think you guys are continually, you reuse this phrase, rethink drinking um, and that, goes all the way it goes from the whiskey all the way down to the vessel that you consume it from and so elliot if you'll give us a just a little quick elevator speech on on elliot's role here yeah sure well uh my name is elliot walker i'm a glass sculptor i'm working in the midlands of the uk um and you know i don't like blowing my own trumpet either but like uh award-winning i am as well yeah <laughs> i recently uh, recently won a netflix series called blown away which was like the first uh glass blowing series that anyone had really put out um, and then subsequent to that is my great pleasure to be approached by uh, smokehead i think they they saw sort of a connection with their brand in what i was doing sort of you know reimagining tradition and uh trying to break the mold a little bit and so it was my pleasure to uh, design this class with the team at smokehead really to try and elevate and um, enhance the experience of whiskey drinking in a completely different way to uh, how it's been done before so it was quite a challenge yeah, so you mentioned blown away. Tell me about that experience, right? Because that's that's got to be like uh, you know you, you've gone into a career of glass blowing. 
Um, and now there's a reality TV show about that, which is you yeah. know, the most pop culture thing that could exist, but yeah. doing it about glass blowing and sort of that experience. Well, I think, you know, the, they, they followed the same format as, as everything. A lot of people in the UK were comparing it to the Great British Bake Off, which I know has made its way over to the US as well. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I can understand the popularity of these sort of competition shows. Uh, starting to work as as an artist and as a glassblower you never really see that sort of thing as as having a competitive element you know obviously um you're following your own briefs and and sort of you know you're working for yourself and do your own steam and to suddenly sort of switch that up and you know have you competing against other artists i mean i don't think it was an amazing show a great experience but i don't think there was the same sort of um like infighting and negativity that you get in a lot of other competition shows, because as soon as glass blowers to get, get together, we're all in the same boat. We're all, you know, doing the same sort of struggle and uh, we all ended up getting on very well. <laughs> so it didn't have quite the same sort of like drama in that respect, but in terms of the actual process itself, there's no need to uh, manufacture drama when it comes to glass making everything that broke, everything that went wrong. That is like a daily occurrence for us anyway, uh, sometimes an hourly occurrence. So the drama in the show came from the material and the making process itself. And I think they did a great job of really showing that off. Yeah. And it seems maybe the, the behaviors are very similar between glass blowers and distillers where um, there is some degree of competitiveness because you're, you're trying to, you know, one up somebody else. But there's also some some you know, friendliness that exists because, you know, it, it's it's not the same as, as some of those other things. And, you know, you yeah. did mention the, the Great British Bake Off. My kids love that show. Right. We've watched uh, every episode that exists. So, yeah, it, it has made its way all the way here to rural Kentucky. <laughs> Um, but let's let's talk about the smoke mask specifically, right? So this is the glass that has been designed um, in partnership with um, Smokehead here. H how did this? You said they approached you after the the show was over. Like, how did that actually happen, right? Um, well, I mean, we, how long have we been working on these these pieces? Now it's been for the majority of last year, hasn't yeah. it? Really? Yeah, it's yeah. been a really sort of. You know, it's been a smooth process for the most part, um, but, you know, it's it's quite a complicated thing. And it was it was quite tricky at the start to actually get the mindset in place. I mean, the idea of rethinking drinking, you know, that was the, the that is the push. That is the the idea behind, you know, Smokehead's ethos as well. Um, and not being, uh, you know, a connoisseur of whiskey myself, I immediately sort of fell into the same sort of tropes as you would normally expect from uh, a whiskey glass. So I wasn't really pushing myself and pushing the design quite enough at the start. So we went through like a number of different sort of prototyping stages. Um, and eventually, you know, the, 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 the gears were greased and uh, we came up with uh, in the end, like three sort of specific designs, which then were put forward to the smokeheads, to the audience to actually choose the one that went forward into, into the final production, which um, again, you know, sort of naming the brand after your, your, uh, your audience as the smokeheads and then giving them the chance to actually have that input was really, uh, was really a great part of the process. Uh, the smoke mask itself, I think was, you know, it was my favorite. I think it was the favorite of the design team as well. So the fact that that was the one chosen in the end was, uh, was perfect. I mean, it was one of the trickier ones to create as well. So that like added to the, the challenge for me. So I, I imagine, you know, through the creative process, there's three that you settled on to, um, 
to kind of put up for the vote. How many design prototypes did you have that kind of culminated into that three? Well, I think initially we had about eight. So it was uh, eight at the start and all eight of the first ones, I think, were, were rejected. <laughs> and then it was like, a, <laughs> which was fair. That's fair. Totally fair. Uh, I've got quite a lot of them knocking around the studio. I always need drinking glasses because I tend to drop them quite often as well. So after that initial eight, it's sort of, you know, it pared down the smoke mask itself. I think it went through about four different iterations on its own. So um, it had like a longer stem at one point, it had a few extra elements and then it really got refined, you know, it got distilled into what, what we have now, you know, and sort of the simplicity um, in the form and really getting the message across in one go, you know? Yeah. So Ian, I'll, I'll ask you now, as you're going through this, this, this creative process and, you know, dealing with whiskey, um, you're dealing with, you know, some some art coming out of the still then going into a barrel. But you guys are purchasing whiskey that's already been made. And so um, the creative licensing for the bottle that you put it in is largely dictated by, you know, mass produced glassware. Um, was this kind of a new thing for you, like getting into this like super creative? Let's rethink things from the glassware perspective. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean. You know, to be honest, uh, John, just as Elliot was saying, I mean, it just seemed a logical step for the brand. Um, you know, we really are all about rethinking drinking. You know, that's in many ways, you know, that's, that encapsulates Smokehead. So, um, you know, we've done that with the way that we uh, present Smokehead. Uh, we think, uh, you know, that's the way our audience uh, looks at Scotch whiskey. So having done that really with the whiskey itself, the next obvious step was to say, okay, well, why are we uh, taking this... Um, rebellious disruptive whiskey and just putting it in a standard uh, whiskey glass or tumbler why don't we find something completely different why don't we rethink the drinking of smokehead and whiskey itself and um elliot was just the perfect partner for that um you know we were looking for somebody uh you know an award-winning artist that could really get creative with this uh with this brief and we really wanted him to do something completely different that hadn't been seen before because that is very much smokehead um and we wanted as well to sort of split opinion. Um, Smokehead is all about uh, you love it or you hate it. It's a bit like Isla Whiskey, smoky, peaty. Some people love it, other people don't. Um, Smokehead is like that as a brand. You know, uh, we don't want to be vanilla. We're always looking to create, uh, create a response. And um, we wanted that from Elliot. We wanted him to create something completely different that some people will love. Uh, I certainly do. I think it looks great. And I think... Uh, you know, the experience you get from the glass is incredible. Other people will no doubt go, uh, thanks very much, but I prefer my traditional glass. That's absolutely fine too. Um, but our job, uh, you know, really was to try and be innovative. And uh, Elliot was the perfect partner for that. He really got it. He really got the brand. Um, so it was a privilege and a pleasure working with him. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Me too. We had a blast in the studio as well, you know, with some of the visuals that came out of it were just incredible. You know, I got to break the glasses as well as making them, which was probably my favorite part of the process. <laughs> it's good fun. It's a lot of fun. I have to say, I mean, uh, we left Elliot to do that, though, because there's an awful lot of work goes into those glasses. So if anybody should break it, it's him. But um, <laughs> it's quite a lot of fun on camera when you do. Right. Um, so when, when, when you guys kind of began this process, did you show up, um, Ian, with, with a, a list of attributes you were looking for? Or did you just say, hey, we want you to rethink this. Now you're on your own. Go figure it out yourself. I wouldn't yeah. have got very far with that. <laughs> <laughs> 
we do like uh you know i mean we do like sort of uh you know um breaking the rules if you like uh rethinking the rule book um so yeah we certainly gave um you know hopefully we gave a bit of guidance and a bit of brief to elliot um you know we certainly you know didn't want to get in the way of his artistry and expertise so it was a, i think just a, a meeting of minds um yeah you know we sort of guided him di in a direction and then uh and then all of a sudden you know he just uh, he just took off uh, brought back the smoke mask uh and two others but uh i have to say you know it was a smoke mask that we loved and uh i'm delighted to say we think the same way as our smokehead audience because they love the smoke mask too so um yeah it's exactly it's exactly alt uh, what we were looking for really um although you know we didn't really know what we were looking for but i think he's i think he's nailed it that, that's got to be difficult, Elliot, when somebody says, uh, I want you to make a thing, but I don't know exactly what I'm looking for. Yeah. And now you've got to fill in the details. 100%. <laughs> I mean, when, when you're doing anything like this, uh, it's it's always a collaborative uh, effort, you know, because mm -hmm. uh, you, you, you can only receive so much guidance before you, you, your mind starts working on its own. But you need that initial input. Uh, and for me, with the smoke mask, it was more getting a feel for the for the brand itself you know the the smoke mask came out of the brand's sort of vibe more than anything else you know yeah yeah, that's, yeah absolutely so, and, and you've already said this elliot that that of the three you think that this was the right choice and i think you know ian says the same thing and um but you also said it was the most difficult. So it, it was there like a, a portion of you that was like, this is the right one, but also from a production standpoint, I've got to do this over and over again. So hey, maybe the other one wouldn't be so bad. Yeah, it was a, it was a bit like that. I mean, it's, you know, the, the simplicity of it is, is quite deceptive. I mean, it, I say simplicity is quite a, you know, it's a bold design. It's quite brash. It is quite in your face, but it has its, its subtleties to it as well. Um, and because you're dealing with a liquid, you know, uh, this the glass is made in an offhand process, so there's no molds, there's no uh, restrictions to the to the final shape, other than the space between your hands and the glass and the tools. So the one of the most difficult parts to get right was the uh, slanting rim. I mean, it seems like such a you know such a slight shift, but when you're actually cutting with a pair of shears the rim of a molten piece of glass and you're trying to get it at the exact angle you need without any ribbles and lumps and bumps and stuff like that it uh yeah even after 300 i think i could go into the studio now try and do another one and still have issues <laughs> <laughs> but it needed so that you know it needs that subtle it needs that subtle mm -hmm. element to really bring the design together so yeah I can imagine that, you know, the, the first version of it that you put up for um, for voting, um, there's a slight variation once you actually go into production mode. Um, how did, did you get a lot more efficient as you got closer to 300 or did they all take the exact same amount of time from beginning to end? I mean, it's the same when you're making anything with this material. It it mostly depends on your state of mind at the time. You know, I guess it's the same with anything. If you're in the wrong sort of mood, then uh, everything just becomes 10 times more difficult. And there were days where we got through, you know, half of the day's work and we just thought that that's got to be it for today. You know, you need to give yourself that that option of just saying, right, we're not going to get any better at this now. We just need to call it quits and then start afresh tomorrow. So that happens quite a lot. So the, the, the smoke mask itself, um, when, when you're doing the creation of this, right, it, it, there's going to be a, an impact on 
the sensory experience, right? And so if you're trying to have everybody vote on the three uh, prototypes that exist, how do you communicate to the folks that are having to do the vote since they haven't had the opportunity to have the sensory experience? Like, um, do you do you want them to vote just based off the design or are you trying to give them everything? Yeah, I mean, the, I think, sorry, I'll just, just yeah. for the first bit. I mean, e each one of the designs, it had a different... Um, it was actually catering to a different sort of sensory experience itself. You know, the uh, we had the smoke chamber, which was like a lidded vessel. And that obviously is going to contain the nose and contain the vapors and stuff like that. And then give you maybe like a tactile response as you reveal the lid or you take the lid off. Uh, the other design was um, the ice chamber, which was actually a, a sort of cooling device, which goes on as a lid as well. And you can sit the ice within the whiskey to chill it without diluting it. So again, that's you know offering a different experience up the smoke mask itself you know it's all about how it interacts with your face and this process of bringing it forward and covering the nose and the mouth and trapping all the all of the um you know the intensity of the whiskey in in that way so i think you know just by the names and the general sort of um concept behind each piece you could get a feel of how it would be but obviously you're never going to know exactly what it's like until you get this thing around your face you know So in, in, in Ian, you know, cause I think Ellie, you've said before you weren't a, a huge whiskey fan. Um, the, the first time you interacted with the, the smokehead itself, as opposed to a history of using tumblers or Glencairns or, or a host yeah. of other types of glasses that exist. Mm -hmm. Did you, did you kind of interact with it and say, this is what it always should have been? Or like, is this an innovation or uh, are you in the, and I'm, I'm kind of in the boat where every glass has its occasion right so sometimes yeah. you want to not think about it and so maybe you know just burying your face in the smell of it you just want to have a drink right and so a tumbler mm -hmm. makes sense then but yeah. it, was there like this this the sense of innate like this is it this is what it's supposed to be yeah i think so i mean that was our, our ultimate intention you know could we really accentuate and innovate the experience around smoke and uh you know i think we've done that we we really as well wanted to create a glass that ultimately you know people would try it hopefully with smoke but also say well, that's a glass, you know, that I'd want to try other whiskeys in as well, because it's just giving me a bigger sensory experience. So what I loved about it, yeah, I love the the look of it. Um, I love the name. Uh, I think it really sort of fits the brand and fits our audience. Uh, but, you know, what I really, really liked about it was the fact that uh, it works. You know, it's practical as well, that it really actually uh, gives you that smoke mask experience that you really are intensifying the uh the experience both on the palate, but particularly on the nose. And, you know, the nose is a lot more sensitive than the palate to uh, to the flavors and characteristics of whiskey. Uh, you know, blenders use their nose more than they use their palate. And I really think we've been able to, uh, you know, to, to bring that uh, to the fore with this glass. So you really are getting, you know, 110%, I think, when it comes to sensory experience. And that's what we want with Smokehead and with Isla whiskeys because they really are, you know, pretty big, pretty bold. Um, and this glass really, you know, really accentuates that. You know, and, and so Elliot, you know, you, you've been a glass blower for a very long time, very, very, um, talented, uh, artist and you, how often are you having to create 
art that people are going to physically manipulate as opposed to art that is just from a viewed standpoint. And then maybe even a step further, it's physically, physically manipulate, but then also contain someone else's artwork, right? Cause uh, whiskey yeah. is artwork in itself. So you have art that's containing art that's meant to be held and consumed as opposed mm-hmm. to um, maybe some of the things you've done in the past. Like, is, was that different for you? Um, not really. I mean, my, my sort of general, my usual artwork is, is based in, uh, the sort of still life genre. So I've gone through this process over the past sort of like five or six years of, um, sort of seeing a still life painting and then reinterpreting the composition and the use of light in a 3d form. And then, you know, putting that out as a, as a, as a sculpture. So a lot of the elements in the sculptures that I make are based on if not replicas of uh tableware and drinkware and barware and things like that you know jugs pitchers decanters and glasses the fact that they're not actually physically going to be used doesn't mean that they couldn't physically be used i mean i i work on a lot of uh, sort of venetian style goblet ware for some of these still life pieces and they're perfectly functional so um a lot of the artistry for me is um inspired by the craft itself you know i've trained first and foremost as a craftsperson in the glass field you know you have to understand the material to be able to make anything out of it um but then i'm just using it in a different way i'm using the traditional skills to make something um which is a, a piece of art a sculpture rather than a functional um work so in the end you know this project fit the bill for me perfectly because it's a sculptured piece it's it has its own form it's referencing uh you know another object but it's also a functional um piece of uh, glassware as well yeah and it's you know the smokehead's values are around kind of rebelliousness and it feels like some of your art may revolve around a similar concept and you know like taking a uh, two-dimensional still life converting it into three-dimensional that could be physically manipulated and interacted with yeah. um it, it, it you could have said no like these guys could have showed up and said hey do you want to help us do this project and you absolutely could have said no so what was the well, i guess what was the thing that that most brought you into the yeah i'd like to cooperate with these folks uh well initially it was it was the the logo <laughs> i mean i'm a sucker for a skull <laughs> so uh a golden skull just sort of um you know put itself in in my ballpark straight away but it is it is about the ethos it is about disrupting tradition you know having respect for tradition but then having no problem at all with completely flipping it on its head you know so i think you know, it sat really nicely with me and the the challenge itself um, it was just too good to, to refuse really. You know, and, and, and I've, I've had a chance to, <laughs> yeah, don't forget we send you some whiskey as well. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I, I said, I'm not a connoisseur. It doesn't mean I'm not a fan of whiskey and I is one of my, uh, my favorite yeah. flavors. So, <laughs> well, yeah, a connoisseur is just something that maybe, uh, somebody calls himself to feel better. You know, we're all whiskey consumers, <laughs> hopefully at the end of the day. Um, and I, you know it's it's obvious I've 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 had the opportunity to have hand blown glassware in my hand before. Uh, there there's there's a guy in the United States that does uh, Glencairn inspired hand blown glassware, and it's nice, but it always feels a little bit fragile, right? And that's one thing that I can say for this particular glass is that it doesn't feel fragile. I mean, it's glass; it, it, glass will break, but it feels like it's appropriate has an appropriate amount of heft to match the design. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that yeah. a part of the consideration or is it just like you wanted to make it durable? 
Um, well, I mean, it, 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 it does have to fit fit with the design. I mean, my my sort of feeling a lot of the time about handmade glasses, you know, it, it's either too delicate or it's way too clunky and you you feel like you're drinking out of a jam jar so this this one finds like a happy medium um i wanted to have like quite a refined feel and there's delicacy in there as well you know with the little zip around the um around the the filter of the smoke mask that little golden zip so that's a really fine sort of delicate little application of color um but as you say the whole thing feels quite robust and and usable so yeah yeah, it, it, it for sure. And I, I don't know if 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 either of you were ever into comic books uh, at a younger age, but um, I was really, really into Batman in the 90s. And uh, that's when they introduced the character Bane. I don't know if you've seen the more recent oh, yeah. ones, but the, the, the mask that the first thing I saw, I immediately was like every Batman fan should have this right because the logo <laughs> already fit it. But the smoke mask is absolutely uh, I intend to take this to a bunch of meetups this year and just use this as a, a, a clout glass, like, cause they won't have, they, they likely they, won't have yeah. the same sort of thing. <laughs> it is absolutely fantastic. Cool. Um, so I guess f from, from either one of y'all's perspective, I mean, this is obviously unique compared to other whiskey glasses that people have used in the past. I guess what is maybe, either one of your favorite distinctly unique feature about this particular glass. Do you want me to go first? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll be honest. I mean, I, you know, I thoroughly love the whole thing, but I think it's the little flourishes for me that I really like about it. You know, I love the skull on the front. I love the, uh, the tapering, as you were saying, Elliot, you know, around the base. Um, so when you actually lift the glass up, you know, you, it actually does look like a, a smoke mask it does look as you said like that sort of batman mask is uh is there so you, you know for me it just does it all but i think it's just those little things those little extra flourishes that um you know i think really shows off uh elliot's real skill and uh that's what i love about the the uh the glass you know it's it's artistry but uh it's also a brilliant whiskey glass in its own right yeah that really sort of seals it for me i mean i've i've seen you know quite a few of these now knocking around the studio waiting to be packed waiting to be finished uh and i've never really i haven't seen them being used until we've been doing these sort of recent interviews so for me when someone picks it up and then it's there on the face that sort of you know that 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 finishes off the whole process for me seeing it being used and how it looks when it's uh, when it's picked up so we've we've talked about the glass for a while right but we haven't talked a lot about what goes into the glass, right? Like the, 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 the Spokehead whiskey. Um, and, and Elliot, you said that, uh, you're maybe not a connoisseur, but you are a consumer of whiskey and you do like yeah. smoky whiskey. So, um, when you began this process, I assume, you know, that you said they sent you some whiskey, uh, right. bottles. What was, what was the thing that sort of struck you about this particular brand in comparison to other, um, other peated smoky whiskeys that you had in the past? Well, um, you know, I was I was really you know blessed to have a nice big box with um, I think pretty much all of the variations, all the different finishes, um, and I you know it was my job at that point to to get some tasting done. So I really went to town on it. <laughs> um, my 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 sort of my partner um, she's not she's not really a whiskey fan at all, but she hates the the the, the Islay. She hates it. She, I'm not allowed to 
open a bottle of Laphroaig in the house if she's in there because as soon as I open it up and that smell comes out, uh, she runs a mile. But the for me, and it's been mentioned before, like the medicinal quality isn't there in this in this whiskey at all. It's it's much more subtle. It's much more sort of um, you know bonfire sort of you know your clothes after a bonfire where you get that lovely smell for like days afterwards and it lingers in the air. But it's a much sort of nicer um, and more sort of uh, varied and subtle experience, I think. Um, and I was actually. Uh, sampling the whiskey from one of the early prototypes of the smoke uh, of the smoke mask as well so that was really you know nice to sort of get the feel of it straight away mm-hmm. and I, I and I'll, I'll agree with you I don't think it's quite as as medicinal as some smokes can be and um, the, the the bonfire thing is straightforward I've got a we have a wood-burning fireplace in our house this more decorative but we use it and it's cold outside and mm-hmm. so for the last few nights we've been burning one and it it absolutely has a very very similar um, similar note and concept and and I think that you know you and you said one of the things you appreciated about the glass was the little extra touches that make it you know more artistic it is something that is definitely um, rebellious in its nature but it's artistically uh, beautiful and it, and it sounds like Elliot's saying something very similar that while you fit into this you're also being a little bit more artistic so if you would Ian maybe kind of give me what your thoughts are on how maybe the the smoke head um, whiskey interacts with the smoke mask in a unique way yeah yeah sure well I mean, I think, the you know, the points you're making, I'm, you know, I'm delighted to hear because, you know, that really sort of sums up Smokehead for us in the fact that, um, you know, it's not just about smoke and, and peat. You know, there is a really nice sweetness in there as well. It's really a bit of a roller coaster when it comes to whiskey. There's real complexity in there. Um, and that's what I love about it. And you're right, not necessarily quite as medicinal as maybe certain other Isla whiskies. Um, and for me, you know, the glass just uh, accentuates all those great characteristics. So, you know, the glass really does uh, take you on that roller coaster ride, as far as I'm concerned. You know, you're going to get hit by the smokiness and the peatiness as you put your uh, your nose into the glass. And you should do. I mean, it's called smokehead after all. You know, we want it to, to, to do what it says on the bottle. But um, once you then taste it, um, you know, you really begin to get that sweetness coming through as well. So, you know, you've got your senses really playing with each other uh, and very much uh, bringing out uh, what we want from the whiskey itself, which is complexity, a level of depth, a real story. Um, Smokehead is definitely not a one dimensional whiskey. And um, I think this glass, you know, really brings out the fact that, um, you know, it's multidimensional. You know, and, and it, I think we've talked about this a couple times already. The 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 branding of Smokehead is very intentional in mentioning that is smoking. And for a person who's not a a person who started at Scotch, right? So you've got a lot of folks that they start their whiskey journey at Scotch and they move into bourbon or American single malts or some other thing. And then you have you know those of us in Kentucky that start at bourbon and move towards Scotch and uh, having to look at the bottle and say, okay, is this one going to be peated or not? Because I don't really know because I'm not familiar with it. Is, if, if it's a, um, if it, is this a Isla, is this a Highland? Is this, you know, I don't, I don't know the regions yet, but having it on the label, right? There's nothing more clear about this um, feels like it fits in the vein of 
the the idea of rethink drinking, right? Like you, yeah. you're not you're not sitting behind a storied name that you know has been in Scotch for you know, two hundred years or, or whatever. Um, but the branding feels like it's on the outer edges of pop culture as well at the same time. And maybe I'm off. You know, I, I, I look at the branding, I look at the designs, I look at the the marketing material, and it very much feels like 1980s punk, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, you're right, John. I mean, to, to be honest with you, when we uh, when we originated the brand, um, you know, ultimately, ultimately, uh, you know, we visited Isla. We visited Isla during the Isla Whiskey Festival a um, number of years ago now. And we were really taken by the fact that there was a real we felt a real sort of cult cult following for uh, for smoky Isla whiskies that was really building. It seemed a slightly different audience, really, to the one that you might expect in other whiskey regions. Um, you know, it was an audience looking for something that bit different, uh, which Isla Whiskies are. They're completely unique, looking for something that bit bolder, maybe that bit more confident. Um, and that's really where the whole smokehead concept and idea, therefore, came about, because, um, you know, we really felt, OK, well, let's, you know, let's really meet the uh, the needs and the wants, um, the vision of that audience, uh, both in the in the whiskey itself, obviously. That's really, really important, the most important thing. But also then in the way we positioned the whiskey um, and the way we presented the whiskey. Uh, but initially there was no skull on Smokehead. The, um, it's what I love about the fact that the, uh, the smoking skull now really is Smokehead. That is our logo. I mean, Elliot said, uh, you know, he saw the gold, the gold skull and, uh, you know, he, he fell for the brand, which is great. But um, initially it wasn't actually on there. Uh, it came about through the fact that the, the brand really took off in uh, Scandinavia um up in sweden and and uh, norway and finland and um it was a lot of the uh rock and roll uh, fraternity that really liked the brand and they said oh why don't you um you know why don't you produce uh you know sort of classic rock album sort of uh limited release of smokehead uh so we did and that's obviously where the skull came about you know that sort of guns and roses type of feel um and it came out as a limited release and uh here you go it's still here to this day so um you know it basically really took off customers uh, loved it and what i really like about it is we've always wanted the consumer at the center of this brand and there you go uh the skull is there because of because of our our consumer because of our customers we listen to them we put the skull on there and um you know we're one of the few whiskey brands that i'm aware of that uh we got a number of our smokeheads tattooed with that skull so um <laughs> Obviously, that puts quite a bit of pressure on me if I look to uh, maybe uh, update or change the logo. I've got to bear in mind that some of the smokeheads have got that tattooed. I can get uh, I can get some quite interesting social media feedback on that one. So just uh, just just send them a coupon for uh, a free tattoo to get the new logo that you're gonna <laughs> yeah, put on. Yeah, yeah, you could cover people with them. <laughs> yeah, like you just you, it's just a little extra marketing for you. Um, and and I, I really appreciate that sort of integration into to music and rock culture. Uh, Elliot, do you have anything similar? Like do you, when you're creating, do you consume music at the same time, or are you just like solely focused on your art? Uh yeah, it's it. You have to be really focused. I mean especially when we were making these glasses, I couldn't have any disturbances throughout the day at all. Um, you know, every other aspect of my life is, is full of music, but when we're in the studio, for the most part, it has to be completely sort of hermetically sealed. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I guess when, when you're sitting down with your smokehead, Elliot, and you're going to drink some whiskey, what do you listen to? What, what is your music? 
Well, it depends again. It like you know, it, it very much depends on the mood. I mean, it was interesting to hear the origin of the of the skull because I'm you know at one point was quite a big fan of like death metal and stuff like that. So there's obviously a bit of that going on in there as well. But you know, I have a I have an appreciation for the uh, the classics as well, the classical music, and obviously the artwork that I'm looking at quite a lot is sort of you know 16th century paintings. So uh, yeah, yeah, quite a quite a varied <laughs> a varied intake. Oh, that's 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 absolutely perfect. So, Ian, what, what are what, what should I be listening to while I'm drinking Smokehead? If we're coming from you know a Scandinavian launch that had a yeah. tie into rock music, like what should I be listening to? Oh, well, I mean, I'm probably a bit like Ellie. I mean, I've got a pretty eclectic mix too. But I must admit, you know, if um, if my wife's out the house and uh, and my son's got his uh, headphones on, then you know, I might put the hi-fi up, and I've got. Um, you know, anything from Guns and Roses and Led Zeppelin going on, Deep Purple, you name it. And I think that's perfect for Smokehead, in my opinion. Um, I would I would go with all of those. But um, there's plenty of, of music genres that I love that would work with Smokehead. But, um, yeah, a bit of, uh, sounds a bit corny, but a bit of smoke on the water, why not? Yeah. <laughs> you know, if, if it works, it works. There's, there's, there's no right. corniness to it. Um, you, you guys still center on the, the rethink drinking and, and we've talked, we've talked about a couple times, but it, was that a part of the original design or is that something that you came to as well? Like the original design of the brand of what you're wanting to do, uh, does it start from its inception or does that get molded over time too? No, for us, um, you know, the, the, the brand, the brand very much uh, to this day and hopefully for forever, uh, is very much built around, um, you know, it's, its purpose, its foundation. Uh, the brand came about because, um, as I said, we really, we really saw an interesting sort of different, rebellious, sort of cult following for Isla Whiskey, and we really felt, you know, we could tap into that attitude. Um, so, you know, the rebelliousness around the brand, the attitude around the brand, the rule breaking, you know, very much, uh, you know, it was reflected uh, initially in the brand and to this day. And, uh, you know, we just work uh, day in, day out, really, to try and uh, make sure that, you know, we're very attuned with our audience. You know, we're very much, uh, you know, we see things differently. Our audience do the same. You know, they, uh, you know, they're all about liberating good times. We're all about the same. So, you know, I like to think as, um, you know, as a marketeer, really, you know, uh, branding and marketing really is all about putting the customer first. And I really feel the customer really is at the center of Smokehead always was and uh i'd like to think always will be yeah and so you you guys are an isla whiskey and i think that you identified something that is is quite apparent you know there is this uh there's this cult of ardbeg that's starting to grow here in the united states and there's this certain following um isla doesn't mean just smoke you know what yep. what does for the uninitiated what does isla mean to you or to the to the whiskey marketplace yeah. I, I mean, I'm a, you know, I'm a, as you can tell, you know, a, a great lover of, um, of Isla, um, you know, first and foremost of Isla itself, phenomenal island, great people. If you get the chance to go, please do. Um, you know, it's just a phenomenal community there. Uh, amazing distilleries. Predominantly, um, you know, the, the, the region, the, the Isla whiskey is about smoky, peaty, uh, sort of phenolic characteristics, but you're absolutely right. There are some amazing, whiskies from Isla as well that uh, are not smoky, they're not peaty. Um, they're just uh, really characterful, really uh, deep, complex whiskies. But, um, 
Yeah, I think what I love about the island more than anything else is just that uh, community spirit. And that comes through in the crafting of the whiskey. And there's, um, you know, these distilleries go back hundreds of years and there's a real pride in, uh, you know, in what they're what they're doing on Ireland, quite rightly. And, um, you know, the whole world's uh, really got to see that now and appreciates, uh, you know, what Isla whiskies are about and uh, what makes them so unique. Yeah, and and you, you guys have a lot of things going on within the the Smokehead brand. Um, if if I'm trying to introduce myself to to your brand, you know, of the the bottlings that are available, where should I start? Uh, good question. I mean, I think uh, I mean the obvious place to start would obviously be with the with the original, with the Smokehead original, forty three percent. As we've discussed already, you know, a great whiskey in the fact, you know, you're getting that uh, that roller coaster of smokiness, peatiness, but there's a really nice sweetness in there too. So probably a great place to start. But um, thereafter, you know, I'm, I've certainly got a soft spot for our high voltage, 58% um, volume. So it's quite a bit stronger. Um, many people are maybe slightly put off by the strength. They think, oh, that's going to be too strong for me maybe a wee bit too prickly on the nose and on the palate. But actually, I think there's a real smoothness uh, that comes through in that whiskey. Um, it's surprisingly smooth for its strength. And of course, being that bit stronger as well, um, we love mixing Smokehead. For us, you drink Smokehead the way you enjoy it. Um, you know, if you've paid for it, you know, you deserve to drink it the way you want it. Um, and and high voltage in particular works great in a in a mixed drink and particularly in a cocktail uh, because it's got the character to cope with, um, you know, any concoction you want to you want to make in a in a cocktail. Um, and we love cocktails at Smokehead. As I said, you know, for us, it's just about enjoying the whiskey the way you like it. Um, after high voltage and original, um, you know, we then as well as a, a big part of our brand is innovation. You know, we like to see where we can stretch and where we can push whiskey. So we got some amazing finishes, some um, sherry, rum, you know, which gives that uh, lovely sweetness. Obviously, with the rum, you know, you've got the Caribbean, you've got the tropical fruits coming through. But I think one of my real favorites uh, at the moment is our tequila finish. Um, you know, I don't need to tell you, John, you know, how big tequila is in North America. Uh, so when the Scotch Whiskey Association gave us the chance to be able to finish in tequila cast, we just jumped in it because it just seemed a perfect, uh, perfect partnership for Smokehead. And, um, you know, anybody who gets the chance to try it, please do. You know, chewy meringue. It's got sweet oranges coming through it. It's first and foremost whiskey. I mean, it's first and foremost Smokehead, not tequila. But I think if you like the tequila and you like your whiskey, you're just going to love that that marriage, that partnership between the two. So. I think that's worth trying because, um, you know, two, two great, uh, great liquids in their own right, um, you know, Scotch whiskey and, uh, and obviously, um, you know, tequila. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll echo the sentiment coming from, you know, the United States, we regularly have, you know, barrel proof whiskey sitting on the shelf, uh, 120, 125, 130 proof, whatever. Um, the high voltage does not, in my experience, finish like a high proof whiskey normally does. It is very much more subtle um, than than anything else. And Scotch seems to take a tequila finish far better than any American whiskey tequila finish that I've ever had. Really, where they they finish it in a tequila barrel. Uh, I don't know. I think the 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 lighter flavors are more friendly with it, maybe. Uh, whereas you know whiskey in the United States seems to 
bury the fun parts of tequila and bring forth the terrible parts of tequila, right? The the part that you taste the next day when you wake up and you've drank too much tequila already. You know, I don't, maybe neither of you guys have ever experienced that, but you know, that, that yeah. that's a thing for me. Don't worry. I've done that. Yeah. I had a very, <laughs> very heavy night in tequila once in, uh, in Poland and then got a half past six flight. It's not a good combo. Uh, I don't recommend it. It was a, um, yeah, an era, an era when I was a when I was a lot younger than I am now. You learn, uh, from, you learn from your mistakes, John. Absolutely, you know. But occasionally, you'll be like, you know, maybe I should revisit that idea and try it again. Don't yeah, you, you should never go back to it. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm just gonna I'm gonna have to shoot off now. I'm yeah. afraid. Yeah, I've pushed yeah, it. Yeah, thanks for hanging out. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, thanks, Ellie. Have a great hey, weekend. No problem. Yeah, nice to talk yeah. to you. I'll and see you, you again. Thanks so much. Cheers. You, you, your brand is a part of a much larger organization, and a lot of those other brands sort of feel like they follow the model of of most of Scotch, right? It's it's very you know very traditional in their concept. Uh, do you guys feel like uh, the black sheep of the family? You know, being in this this organization with these much much larger or not much much larger, but this much larger organization with these other very traditional looking brands. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Um, yeah, one of the other brands I look after is uh, is Tamdu from uh, from Speyside. So you know we very much um, associate Tamdu with uh, sherry matured whiskey, history, heritage, provenance, and um, I love all of that too. So um, you know I never I never mix up Tamdu with uh, Smokehead because it's so different in the way we've um, in the way we've positioned the brands. Um, you know, I'm a I'm a great fan of um, of Scotch whiskey as a whole. I love the history and the heritage and the provenance myself. But and we're um, you know we're really looking to to turn that on its head really with Smokehead. I mean, um, we're not looking in any way to to undermine single malt or undermine its great history and heritage. What we're really trying to do is just say, look, um, you know, let's maybe look at uh, at Isla at Isla whiskey at single malt um, through a slightly different uh, lens uh because we really felt you know that's the way that uh some consumers would prefer to to look at single malt and prefer to enter into single malt whiskey and that's really what we're trying to do here is really celebrate single malt and widen the audience and hopefully bring in some uh, some younger people to uh, to whiskey as well because what we were worried about at the initially john was um as i said love the history and the heritage but we did have a bit of concern, uh, you know, it's less so now, but, you know, 15, 20 years ago that there was that feeling of a bit of barrier to entry around single malt. Um, you know, am I worthy and do I really know how to drink it? Do I drink it straight? Am I meant to add ice? Am I meant to add water? And it seemed to sort of be putting people off trying scotch, which uh, just seemed to us, you know, such a shame. Um, you know, and other, other um, uh, spirits were obviously doing phenomenally well um you know the likes of uh the likes of vodka and uh, and other spirits that you know really had no rules uh drink it the way you like it uh mix it should you want to so in many ways we thought well look you know that audience are missing out on the opportunity of single malt maybe because they just feel you know not quite sure what i'm doing here so our job at smokehead was really to say look uh, let's just knock those barriers down just enjoy it for what it is great whiskey you want to put water in it, ice in it. You want to put Coke in it. You want to put it in a cocktail. It's your drink. If you enjoy it that way, you go for it. Um, so we wanted to bring a bit more approachability and informality to whiskey, uh, but at the same time, maintaining the great quality that, um, 
you know, that's always there with uh, with uh, single malt. Yeah, and I, I think you're you're exactly right. Without disruptors like Smokehead, uh, whiskey can become a monoculture real fast, yeah. uh, where we all sort of look the same, and everybody ends up looking uh, like me, a middle aged white guy uh, sitting in a leather chair uh, with a whiskey tumbler, telling you how you should only drink neat, um, and nothing should be farther from the truth. That's not how the it, everything should be set up, but that that's sort of what happens, right? But it, it feels like you guys are being a disruptor in the marketplace in a positive way, right? Cause disruptors yeah. can go to two different directions um, yeah. and challenging that mentality that, you know, everything should be one way. And you you do feature a lot of cocktails in a lot of your marketing. And so maybe what do you have a favorite cocktail that you would use for, you would use smokehead in? You know, to be honest, uh, my, my favorite is probably just a simple smoke and coke. Um, you know, the simple uh, smoke out and cola, um, fill it up, uh, put a lot of ice in there and then add a wedge of lemon, lime or or, um, or orange. Um, I think that's a really, really easy, easy drink to make, obviously, and really refreshing to drink. Uh, similarly, you know, put in some ginger ale, put in some uh, ginger beer. Uh, you'll get a similar a similar effect. Um Thereafter, um, you know, we've got, as you rightly said, John, so many different cocktails that we've uh, played around with. Um, you know, it's just really fun to see what other flavors work with Smokehead and just be really innovative. Um, so we've got one that's uh, sort of play on a, a Negroni, which, uh, you know, I'm quite a fan of uh, the Negroni, obviously, uh, you know, with the gin in it. But um, you flip it around to put a bit of Smokehead in. It's quite a nice, uh, quite a nice twist, something a bit different. So um but really, you know, we're constantly being uh, bombarded by um, our smokehead consumer who's coming back to us saying, have you tried it with this? Have you tried it with that? And uh, as you and I were discussing earlier on, John, I mean, it's not just mixing the liquid as well. I mean, you know, a lot of what we do with smokehead too is we're trying to um, match with, uh, with different foods. Um, you were talking about the, uh, you know, the barbecuing tradition and so on. And um for a smoky whiskey like uh, like Smokehead, it's just a perfect marriage, perfect partnership. So again, we've done quite a bit around that uh, barbecuing, outdoor cooking, and so on. Um, uh, burgers, um, steaks, you name it. Um, you know, we're really for us. It's all about uh, having fun. Um, you know, whiskey should be about uh, you know really about having fun. I mean, um, you know, ultimately, we know a lot of people collect whiskey, and so do I. And I fully understand that. But um, but ultimately, hopefully, most people open their bottles of whiskey because, you know, it's there to be enjoyed uh, by, you know, a group of people. Um, you know, it's an, and it's a way of people enjoying each other's company. And uh, the whiskey hopefully just helps do that. It liberates good times, as we say. Yeah, and I think that's, that's one of the things that is really the reason why I even, you know, focus on whiskey at all is because it's very much a communal spirit. And yeah, uh, exactly. I like that you, you tied to, um, food because I did have this question before you ever even tied it to food, but, <laughs> um, uh, burns not as coming up, right? Yeah. So what should I be pairing my smokehead with for my burns night uh, meal? Oh, wow. There's a, there's a good one. Um, well, you know, I mean, you know, in the uh, in the traditional haggis, you know, you've got quite a bit of spiciness in there. Um, you know, it's a, it's robust. Um, so I think you couldn't go far wrong with the with the high voltage. Um, 
but you might uh, you might even want to uh, you know put the high voltage into a into a cocktail and uh, a spicy cocktail and really go for it. Um, what else would I recommend with uh, with my haggis? Um, we've got a finish in our portfolio, uh, which is a, um, a a mocha stout finish. Um, you know, we have quite a craft beer following as well, and um, so we've created this mocha stout finish smokehead. Um, and there's quite a lot of nice chocolateiness on the finish and so on. Um, and I think actually that might work quite nicely with the um, with the haggis as well. Just um, just on the just uh, on the finish, or um, or maybe after the haggis, if you move on to another really traditional uh, uh, Scottish uh, dessert called Cranachan uh, cream. You've got uh, raspberries in there. You've got oats and so on. Then certainly, um, you know, I think the twisted stout could sit really nicely with that. So. Yeah, those probably be a couple of my recommendations, John. That, that sounds fantastic. And, you know, beer beer does partner well with whiskey on a regular basis because beer is just whiskey that hasn't grown up yet. You know, it hasn't <laughs> uh, gone through the, the appropriate stages to get there. And I, I appreciate non-hopped beer as well. Uh, so it, it's I say that a little bit in jest. Um, I'm quickly approaching the end of my time. I guess uh, if I'm in the United States and I want to buy Smokehead, what are my opportunities um, that are not retail. Are there any uh, online opportunities? Because I'm in a geographically remote area. So where can I get some smokehead um, for my shelf? That's uh, that's a great question. I mean, um, first and foremost, I would always recommend uh, Total Wine and More. Uh, Total Wine and More are really our, you know, are uh, a great partner of ours uh, right across uh, North America. Um, so I think that would be my my first protocol for smokehead. Uh, there are a lot of other uh, fantastic uh, specialist retailers that you should be able to find Smokehead in as well. Uh, but certainly, um, you know, our friends at Total Wine & More have been really, really supportive of the brand. Um, so I'd like to think you'll find it in uh, in all their stores across uh, across the U.S. And, um, uh, uh, you know, if, um, if they can get that to you via online as well, then uh, obviously that's great too. Yeah. And I want to, I want to thank you again. You know, I, I've, I've appreciated the time to, to taste through some of the things that you guys um, have offered and um, you're very, very well-priced disruptor in the scotch marketplace. And I think that's one of the things that makes it the most interesting for me, especially as I'm a, a new scotch consumer is that um, I don't have to, I don't, I don't have to beg the question of, is this smoky or not? It's literally in the name. Yeah. Uh, the branding doesn't put me in a place where I need to, uh, you know, is this an old brand? Is this a new brand? Is this, you know, whatever it, it this is just straightforward. Here's some scotch. Um, it's got an edge to it, uh, based off of the branding, but it's also not, um, cost prohibitive, prohibitive to the point to where I'm afraid that if I buy this, I'm not going to like it and I've wasted money. And so uh, all of those things are appreciative. Now, by no means am I saying that it's cheap because cheap has a different connotation. It's really just cost conscientious and, and, and fantastic. Um, I'll give you a chance to kind of um, share any other you know website details or anything else you want, and then we'll, we'll, we'll call it. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. As I say, I mean, uh, if you want to learn more about uh, or find out more about Smokehead, uh, www.smokehead.com, um, please come onto our site, um, you know, have a look around. As you were saying, John, have a look at all the cocktails, uh, the range that we do. Um, also, please, please, please join our, our database, uh, become become a Smokehead. 
Um, you know, you're then very much uh, first in line when it comes to any new releases, all the information that we provide around the brand. And uh, as I said, um, you know, for, for everybody in uh, in North America, yeah, please, uh, if you're in Tilda Wine and More or another uh, retailer that's selling Smokehead, um, you know, as you said, John, please do try it. Um, you know, we're trying to put it at a price that's approachable. Um, and, uh, you know, I think uh, you will not be let down. Um, you know, it really does what it says on the on the bottle. And uh, there's a lot of quality in that uh, in that liquid. So uh, hopefully everybody will enjoy it and um, enjoy it the way you like it. As I said, you know, that might be straight, uh, might be with with ice, with water or in an amazing cocktail. And if you come up with something we haven't, please social media us. Send it via Facebook, Instagram. Let's see what you got. Yeah, and I'll I'll, I'll echo the sentiment as a non uh, Scotch aficionado. Um, this is a really really good offering. It, it's 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 positioned very very well in the marketplace. And um, I've talked to some folks who are Scotch aficionados, and they're in the same place as well. They love the branding, but more importantly, they love the whiskey that's inside the bottle as well. So, right. um, thank thank you guys. Thank you for taking some time this afternoon. Um, I always appreciate the time you guys offer. It's a real pleasure, John. No, thank you so much for the opportunity and for the support. Really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to this offering from the Embellish Pod. If you enjoyed this, please leave a review on whatever platform that you're consuming this on. Leave a comment if possible. Hit me up on social media at TikTok or Instagram using Embellish Pod. And give me a follow so you can keep up with what's going on here. I can also be found at www.embellishpod.com. And all my links, accounts, contact details, and so forth are there. Uh, thanks for stopping by.